Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Okay. Nikki. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Weekly Jump, where Blake makes dumb noises that uh, maybe or may not, you might, maybe will hear it, maybe you won't hear it. Uh, it's really Rashad's discretion if that is not the kind of thing that should be hidden from human society, he will choose. Yeah, um, but uh, before doing anything else, uh, we want to mention again that we are starting to throw new things on our Patreon, so if you want to become a part of that, please do. Uh, we really appreciate the support, um, and with uh, all that being said, uh, ooh, let's get ooh, into can our... Can I tease them? Can I tease oh, yeah. them? Sure. This this week, I, uh, I think I mentioned this last week, I'm planning to do a... Uh, not a deep dive necessarily, but at least a more thorough look at uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is the newest Pokemon game, and uh, something of a risky departure for Pokemon uh, to a certain extent. But uh, I also wanted to spice this week's episode up a little bit, so uh, I am going to have a conversation about this game, not with Spencer, but with my husband, Pete. So if you would like to hear what Pete sounds like and hear some of his thoughts on the new Pokemon game, which he has played significantly more of than I have, uh, then I'm going to I'm going to have a conversation with him. I'm going to record it and that's going to be for patrons. Yeah, it's going to be a gay old time. <laughs> it is. Even if we don't get really gay with it, it will by default be gay because we are both gay and married to each other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, don't think about it that way. Just think about it as a. Yeah. Uh, as the the old timey term for it that's just fun <laughs> sure do what you need to do <laughs> yeah okay anyways spencer's um, always just like yeah they're gay i know they're happy right and his wife is just like uh-huh <laughs> okay anyways. and they were good friends <laughs> so uh first and foremost we have our screen time uh we covered hinamaru sumo uh which is about sumo wrestling and uh man suggested I... by wonderlump thank you for your suggestion i think this was included in the long discussion of sports manga and anime from a couple months back yeah here's here's what i thought about it and uh, tell me blake, what you thought blake already told me that he enjoyed it i uh found it not interesting <laughs> Um, <laughs> for two reasons. Uh, number one, I don't think that sumo is a super fun sport to watch. If you have ever watched sumo, like actual sumo wrestling in either, uh, my, my first time really watching it, trying to watch it like intensely was, uh, around the time that they were doing the Olympics. Um, and they were talking about mm. getting in sumo as, as well as, um, at the same time, they were doing like uh, Greco-Roman wrestling, which is part of the Olympics. Um, Isn't Greco-Roman and, wrestling just gay sex? Or am you, I misremembering? You, you take it, take it at your, take it as right. Anyways, um, they were happy, happy boys. <laughs> sure, and they also do judo in the Olympics. Um, but I, I got really interested because they were talking. There was this big push uh, to get sumo into the Olympics as well. 
Um, but the mm. problem with it is apparently the same problem that goes on with uh, tug of war, um, which is that what? Uh, some yeah tug of war apparently used to be in the Olympics, but it got taken out. <laughs> um, and then they were like, were, oh, it's too popular at uh, field days for elementary school, so we're just gonna juke it. Yeah, but really, apparently, what happened is that there's not enough of like a groundswell around the world, uh, so different con- enough different countries had enough. Uh, uh, different tug of war uh, teams in order to get them to compete. Apparently when they yeah. had in the Olympics the first time, the gold, silver and bronze went to different uh, police officer groups all from England. Uh, so apparently <laughs> it's a big thing for them in England because it's part of like their training regimen as police officers. Uh, this is okay. stuff I learned from stuff you should know, by the way, a great podcast, but anyways, um, Anyways, uh, I found I think that sumo is sort of interesting. I'm far more interested in the way that sumo wrestlers are treated in Japan, which is mm-hmm. like straight up fucking crazy celebrities. Like how we yeah, treat- the, the intro to this show is fascinating. Yeah, I, I think that that is one of the things that I find so fascinating is that just how important they are treated uh, in Japan and to be fair, that's that's how we treat a lot of different, you know, people that play sports in the United yeah. States. But sumo isn't a big sports in the United sport in the United States, so we don't treat it that way. Um I think it's fascinating. Uh our main character though, um he is not tall enough uh to be a normal sumo wrestler or they uh-huh. say that his body isn't long enough a couple times and I'm like this isn't that just height, <laughs> but whatever. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, he lays down, and then you measure how long he is. What are yeah. you not understanding? And then... Uh, how is this ambiguous for you? <laughs> the the slice of life stuff, though, uh, it just doesn't it just doesn't get me. Um, it doesn't it doesn't super impress me as much. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that they were kind of dipping your feet into the water for sumo wrestling. Um, I also thought it was very interesting that they showed like this guy that's just ultra muscular that's like short too that was like oh, i could see yeah, he's, as he's well. like a he's like a wolverine he's uh he's really short but he's beefy yeah yeah but i mean it's it's interesting i i just wasn't blown away with it what what did you think um you know i liked it but my review isn't that different from yours i think that the concept is interesting but that is in no small part attributed to the fact that I have very little connection to or knowledge of sumo. And uh, as we just mentioned, the the intro to this show, the little, uh, this is not an uncommon thing in anime, although it's not like a guarantee, uh, but you can see it on big anime like My Hero Academia, where you have a narrator that's like, the premise of the show is this, and then they do the intro. And uh, this show introduces itself with a premise of like sort of a basic understanding of sumo wrestling, which is uh, some of the things that make sumo maybe uh, distinct from some other fighting styles. Um, one of the things that they they point to specifically that I remember noticing was that sumo does not have weight classes. So like when, when we have like wrestling that you, you might find at a, a school here in America Um, There are different weight classes. And so if you weigh in at a certain weight, you might not be able to wrestle against other people who weighed in at higher or lower weights than you because you're in a different class. And it is this system by which you sort of stratify wrestlers 
so that they are being matched up against people of similar weights so that the weight does not become an advantage or disadvantage and then it just focuses on the other techniques of wrestling. With sumo, I guess dealing with weight distribution is sort of the whole game and so they don't, this is an inference that I'm making from that piece of information, but I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that I thought was really cool and I was like, we need more of this in the same way that like not enough sports teams use mythological like creatures as their mascots like tigers are cool but like let's have some fucking manticores or something like let's do that let's diversify our assets a little bit here um but uh what they do apparently in japan is that top top ranked um sumo wrestlers are given like a moniker of a uh famous sword that is like apparently like the government of Japan has like all these famous swords and each sword has its own name. And if you are a good enough sumo wrestler, you are gifted the use of the name of one of these swords as recognition of how great you are. And that is badass as hell. And I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would disagree with your assessment, Spencer, that this is slice of life simply because slice of life to me means something specific that this show isn't doing. Um, but I, I, see where you're coming from that it's sort of slice of life adjacent because most slice of life at least most that we have encountered on our show are set in middle and high school and it is about the sort of daily goings on of middle and high schoolers this is set in i believe a high school and it is about the daily goings on of those high schoolers but it is centered specifically around the daily goings on of those high schoolers when they are working on uh, their sumo practice, their sumo sumo exhibitions, that kind of thing. It doesn't actually focus on their personal lives or their school lives or anything like that in any demonstrable degree. Whereas I would argue that what defines a slice of life is that its whole focus is on the sort of like banal goings on of their day-to-day lives. This is This to me wasn't a slice of life as much as it was in a sort of like early setup, very, very heavily act one feeling um, set of episodes that were all about getting the band together and sort of setting expectations for the show going forward. Those first three episodes really felt familiar to kind of any show with this arc. I would include sports anime in that, but I would also include a lot of shonen anime. I was actually reminded a little bit of how the beginning of My Hero Academia, which I deeply, deeply love, Uh, is kind of slow and kind of hits a lot of the same points and a lot of the same sort of like stations that this show is hitting in its first three episodes. Um, The big difference being that this is very sports focused. uh, And so you kind of, if you've got an idea of these sports shows, you sort of have an innate sense of like where this is going. They're going to eventually, you know, have some exhibition matches to figure out what they need to work on. They're going to, you know, start competing and there's going to be some sort of degree of competition that they're going to try and get into all of that's fine um i've said a couple of times and i will say again i am not into sports i am consequently largely disinterested in sports anime and sports manga i am currently reading haikyuu which is a sports manga and i think it's really really good i think they do a good job of translating the tension and stakes and excitement of a fighting anime or manga like My Hero Academia, Bleach, Naruto, into the sports setting. And I found that Hinomaru Sumo had some really good moments in its first two episodes. 
that allowed you to get that same sort of sense, that moment of like building tension in these sort of like social circumstances around the conflict that was going to be the climax of the episode, and then a relatively satisfying climax of the episode. Where it started to fray for me was episode three, which was arguably its best episode from a character and stakes perspective, and arguably its worst episode from a sticking the landing perspective. Uh, I think the show looks pretty good. The uh, The animation is nice and the colors are bright, but they are saving money on those action sequences. Yeah. And they trick you in the first episode by having a very cool, very unexpected, like black and white sequence for about a second and a half. And you're like, oh, that was really fun. That was an artistic flourish that had money behind it. Like, it was this great moment. And then the thing about the first two episodes is that whatever conflicts are, are resolved through fighting are resolved quickly in a way that you can... They, the sort of cutaway still frame techniques that they're using to get around animating the motion make you feel like the fight was decided in a blink and you'll miss it moment in a way that is satisfying, in a way that does not translate to the conflict in episode three, which is about evenly matched sumo wrestlers grappling and sort of dealing with each other in a tense, complicated physical confrontation and that did not work very well for me because they are also trying to do cutaways and still frames and it just deflated the thing yeah i would say that's a pretty negative reaction from something that i overall enjoyed i would put this on the uh growing list of shows that i found perfectly enjoyable while watching them and that i have almost no desire to watch any more of uh, not because I don't think it's good, but because it is very deeply not my thing. Um, I think it raised some intrigue for me about sumo as a concept. Uh, but again, I don't like sports, so it's not intrigue that's going to really go anywhere. Um, but I think I think if you have that sports inkling or if you have connected to a sports anime in the past, you may find that this one does it for you. I would also say I think the character design is interesting with the exception that the main main character looks like he is from Bakugan and the rest of the main characters look like they're from a Japanese school. And so I found that to be a little jarring periodically, but um, I think that overall this was a good time to be had if it's the kind of time that you want to have. Um, and even though it is not the kind of time that I generally want to have, I didn't, I didn't regret having it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about our second one. Um, and that's, uh, uh, Jacko, the international, uh, international, uh, he's <laughs> well, the intergalactic <laughs> patrolman. Um, and, uh, this is done by the creator, the same creator of Dragon Ball, right? Yeah. Akira Toriyama. Yeah. who is a, a legendary creator. Actually, on the uh, Wikipedia page in the production, it notes that Jacko, the, the Galactic Patrolman, which is only an 11-chapter manga, with, of course, the first chapter being about twice the size of the other ones because that's generally how these things work out. Um, Jacko was his first serial manga in 13 years following mm-hmm. on Sandland's, uh, Sandland, which was in 2000, which I also believe was a, a pretty short series. Mm-hmm. And um, that uh, after he drew it, he he used some different techniques to make it, but uh, than the ones that he had made before. But um, 
he uh, it was his first serial in 13 years. And then afterward, he was like, I'm probably never going to make another series that I am the sole artist for. Like, he's just at that point where he's like, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, man. This one is so interesting to me because it's it's that thing that here's here's my thing with it. It has all of the joy and wackiness of original Dragon Ball, which is the reason why I didn't just hate it. But it is also too much of a cartoon for me to be super interested in it and to keep my attention other than it being like something that's kind of popcorn-y. That being said, I think I would really enjoy this if I was like younger when I used to really, really enjoy watching things like Courage the Cowardly Dog or Ed, Ed, and Eddie and stuff like that on Cartoon Network. Um, but at like now my my taste has sort of changed. Um, and so a lot of this is just kind of like wacky hijinks with this guy that's is supposed to be here in order to wipe out all the human race. Um, so... Or at least he has an extinction bomb. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he's actually there to prevent the wiping out of the human race, but he can cause it if he deems that that is a better solution. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting at is like he has he has like two motives. Motive one, uh, help. Motive two, uh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought this was really good. Uh, oh, it's one, definitely beautifully like drawn. Yeah, it's there is it's well it's well paced and the the uh, the work uh-huh. is good. It's just not to my taste. Yeah, there, there is just no mistaking that Akira Toriyama is a master of his craft, and like even some of the simpler panels in this are just oozing with style. And with polish, and this just looks so good. Um, I responded much more positively to the story itself. Uh, I would agree that this has a much lighter feel, a much more whimsical feel than um, than Dragon Ball. Uh, in fact, one of the uh, one of the notes in this Wikipedia article is that Akira Toriyama was like, "If people are expecting this to be Dragon Ball, it is not." <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, uh, I think that. I think that it really does feel a little bit like that early Dragon Ball, but I would argue that from my personal tastes, early Dragon Ball is a little bit too goofy for me. And I would say that it is a little bit cartoonish, whereas this has this underpinning of like sadness that really drew me to it, where like they're these characters aren't they're not making big faces it's not operating on the comedy or gag manga sort of mainstays of like characters who look comedic and characters who turn out to the audience and say things like they are making funny comments but they are making them sort of in the context of their conversation with each other instead of turning to the audience and saying he didn't pay attention to that thing that i said the character mutters it to himself at the other character when he is ignored. And there there are those subtle differences in the way that the comedy is presented that allowed it to work really well for me. There are also like random bits, like uh, a moment when Jocko goes to practice his gun, uh, his gunplay. And he like does a cool 
like tosses a heavy object and shoots it while it's in the sky and then twirls the gun around his finger to put it back in its holster. And then it falls out of the holster because he didn't put it in right. And he's just like, ah, I messed it up at the end. Um, And just like little, little moments of like grounded comedy for me, which it seems like you experienced them in almost the opposite way that I did because you use the word cartoonish. Yeah. For me, this felt obviously it's a silly sci-fi premise of an alien coming to earth and being stuck with a grumpy old man, but like the comedy felt so much more muted than so much anime and manga comedy that I'm used to. Oh yeah. That's, Um, that's what I'm getting at in. That's why I refer to it as a cartoon instead of it as anime humor, because there is definitely like a lot of comedy inside of American cartoons that is very dark. Like courage, the cowardly dog is a great example of it. I don't think it, I don't think it delves as deep into the, uh, the ennui that, uh, something like an adventure time does, uh, because the darkness Uh underneath underpinning adventure time is deep and as deep as the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pit of despair beneath the bright, happy colors. (laughs) Correct. Um, but courage, like, the the grandparents the parents that are i call them parents but the old people they're not actually courage's parents <laughs> the old people eustace and muriel <laughs> that are there are like angry old people that like bicker with each other and bicker at their dog and there's like yeah it's frank and marie from everywhere lives raymond yeah there's like legitimate sadness underneath but uh, at the surface it's that comedy and i think that uh-huh. that's that's sort of where Jocko lies for me. It's it, okay. I, I think I would, I think honestly, I would enjoy watching it more than reading it. And the biggest yeah. reason why is because of that, that speed and pace of humor, I think would translate. Um, and also I think this one, if it's ever animated, um, I would probably enjoy dubbed more than subbed. Um, as long uh-huh. as the, the dub is well-timed with the comedy as well. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it has been animated. All of the other media is about like crossovers and stuff because uh what's interesting is and this isn't maybe a mild spoiler for the series. Um I learned this when I was reading the Wikipedia article for it to learn a little bit more about it after having read the first three chapters. I don't think it is a major spoiler here. Uh Jocko uh, in the last chapter or close to it is revealed to be a prequel to Dragon Ball. Um, yeah, I don't believe it is a direct prequel, uh, but I believe it's a prequel in that Jocko is a recurring character in Dragon Ball Super. Like he comes back, he's in that Resurrection F movie that we watched a little while back in one of our crossovers. Like this is a Dragon Ball character. Um, I I believe that this this uh, you know manga miniseries was his introduction, and that until until it is shown that he is explicitly in the same universe. Um, that nobody probably assumed that. Uh, although I don't know, you can see like capsule core style buildings around. Um, but yeah, this is this is technically part of the Dragon Ball universe, um, and I think that that's really interesting. And so, like, you can get more of Jocko, but this itself is just an eleven chapter miniseries. And ergo, I think that this would be a great candidate for a nice like ninety minute animated movie. Um, I think it would work super well for that, uh, based off of 
sort of the expectations set by the first three chapters and the fact that there aren't that many chapters left to read after that. Um, I think that this probably would create a nice sort of one and done theatrical experience um, with that sort of movie budget. You could make a really good animated piece that just was what it was and didn't overstay its welcome. And then if you want more Jocko, go watch Dragon Ball Super. But yeah, I thought this was really good. I I am really looking forward to uh, coming back to this series in the future and, and reading the whole thing. Um, I definitely think that my reaction to, I, I think I, I see where you're coming from Spencer, but for me, the comedy was the uh, seasoning and not the dish, if that makes sense. Whereas yeah. like, it sounds like for you, it felt like the, the sort of more serious stuff was the seasoning to the comedy dish. I felt the other way around. And so that really endeared me to it. And then because of the, the type of comedy, like there was this moment where like Jocko is watching like there, the premise is that he's stuck on this Island, but also humanity is looking to launch a, uh, a rocket into the stratosphere with a pop idol on it as a sort of like promotional thing about their space program. And the old man that he has landed with, doesn't like humans because of some difficulties in his past. And he's just a grouchy dude. And then Jocko is disaffected by humans because he is an alien and he kind of doesn't get it. And he's just watching this news broadcast where they're like talking about getting ready for the rocket launch and with this pop idol. And then they're like, we'll show you uh, a music video for a new song that she wrote about like it to, you know, correspond with this upcoming launch. And it's this like silly you know, you get the impression that it is this like silly, simple pop song about, you know, making making connections with the idea of like rockets and launches with like falling in love with somebody. And it's just this like completely surface level pop song. And Jocko like turns off the TV after watching it for a minute. And it's just like, this is so stupid. Humans are so stupid. I can't believe this. And then the next panel is him idly sitting outside singing the song to himself and I was just like, this is so relatable. Like you hear <laughs> a like really basic pop song and I am a big pop fan. It's probably my favorite genre of music. I, uh, I s- bristle when people in- insinuate that pop is always simple. Uh, I also bristle when people insinuate that that simplicity is bad because I think some of, some of pop songs can be really complicated or complex or can do some really, really interesting things with the format. And some of the pop songs are doing really clever things with the simplicity of the format. And some of them just sound fun and they're not trying to do too much. And that's okay. And this is clearly the third one where it's like, it's just an earworm. It's a stupid song with a stupid premise that is just catchy. And he has that reaction that a lot of people who aren't like, haven't like decided that pop music is for them, where he's just like, ugh, this is so stupid. And then it's just stuck in his head all day. And it's just like, there's little bits like that that I just found so endearing and relatable. And then like that put on top of this, just like story of, the uh, the old man who's trying to sort of deal with with his past and what he's going to be sort of doing in the world just really, really got me excited. And I think that this is excellent and that it's worth checking out um, for me personally. That's my that's my review. All right. Well, uh, all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. 
Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Remember, it's not height, it's length. Just just remember that. Remember when that. You, when you, somebody's like, how tall are you? And you're like, I'm this long. Yeah. <laughs> That's not creepy I mean, at all. Is this a Yu Yu Hakusho episode? <laughs>